You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey guys, Drew Gasparini here. From now we're talking with me, Drew Gasparini, and I'm just letting you know that you can now support our podcast by becoming a patron of our show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash NWT podcast, and for as little as $5 a month, you can help keep this podcast alive. Podcasting is a lot of fun, but it's also a shitload of work. From booking our star-studded guest list to research, writing, hosting, recording, and editing, this particular podcast is a one man operation through and through. So $5 a month can actually go a long way, not to mention the perks you get by becoming a patron. Just go to patreon.com slash NWT podcast to see how you can support us today. Special thanks to our newest patron, Chris. Thanks for joining the likes of Katie, Elizabeth, Becca, Thomas, and Sheena. We couldn't do it without you guys. And now for what you've been waiting for, the mother flipping show, yo. It's everyone's favorite badunkadunk, Drew Gasparini here with another episode of Now We're Talking, the podcast that doesn't give a shit about your CrossFit routine. Today, we have another twofer. One of our guests is a Tony-nominated actress known for her portrayal as Emma Nolan in the Broadway musical The Prom, among many other things. Our other guest is a writer, performer, and visual artist who has big names joining him on his latest venture, The Rainbow Lullaby, a collaborative compilation of lullabies written by and for the LGBTQ communities. I'm thrilled they both came by the podcast to discuss the rainbow lullaby and get a little silly with me. Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, now we're talking with Caitlin Kinnanen and Ryan Bauer Walsh. Hi guys. <laughs> Was the build up? That I, I feel like I made this huge build up and then I push record and then found a very zen place to be. Hi guys. Um, can I, right out of the gate, let me tell you what's bothering me about this episode. Ryan, we've never really met, but you come in here with a microphone and a pop screen and the headphones that, you know, you look like the sexier, more understood, more intelligent version of Joe Rogan. And yes. we have, yes. <laughs> And Kaylin and I are just clawing at the sides of this barrel as we drown. And I just, like, while I'm the host of this, you're going to come out sounding the best out of all of us. Because you have better yeah. equipment. I, it's just because I have my donkeys. It's... <laughs> You can't, don't blame the coffee on the fact that, listen, not all of us can afford a nice microphone, Ryan. This That's was the last it. one that was left in Minnesota, actually. I oh There was God. nothing else. Because during quarantine, everyone started a podcast. Yes, yes. that's when I started mine. <laughs> so Good every job, microphone was gone. This is all that's left. So it's not like I had the pick of the litter. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, I love it so much. Guys, we're here on Now We're Talking, and we got Ryan Bauer Walsh and Caitlin Kinnanen. And I wanted to talk about your last name real quick, Caitlin. Yes. I feel like people struggle with it. And I think it's a name that is better pronounced when you're drunk because oh, it sounds <laughs> it sounds like something you're trying to say when yes. you're drunk. Like you're in the middle of a story, you're like, and then I couldn't get in the car because I was so drunk. I couldn't, and that's what it sounds like. So what's the weirdest pronunciation of your name? Kerninen. Someone added Kern an R once. And Don't I just- love that? I was like, Were they that's, British? They're, no. 
I was like, there are four N's in my last name, but none, wow. no R's. Yeah, no, there's like, there's a trillion N's in your last name. And mm-hmm. then in, in how Bauer is spelled, it's it's like a thousand vowels right in the middle of the word there too. I really love both your names. And that's all I wanted to talk about. Thanks for being Great. here. This that's the end of Thanks, this. Uh, guys, oh, I, I really am excited to talk to both you. Ryan, you're a new person in my life. Caitlin, I've known you since the bicentennial, I feel like. It's, it's just true. been a long, long time of us knowing each other and being in the same little universes yeah. that kind of circle around each other. Uh, and I always think it's weird when I know someone this long and they haven't sung for me. I think that's weird. Whose fault is that? I guess it's my fault. I guess that's... Yeah. See, But you don't understand how I work. I don't ask people. I wait for them to crawl to me. Oh, okay. I'm very petty. Okay. Same though. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be a perfect pair because neither of us will come to each other. Honestly, we might be great friends because we'll never work together. And I love that idea. Perfect. No, honestly, let's let's work together. Ryan, you too. Let's work together. I just heard you sing beautifully on uh, the little teaser I got of the album that... Has it come out yet or is it coming out very soon? It's coming out on October 28th. October 28th is when it comes out. The album is called The Rainbow Lullaby, which, by the way, would just be kind of a bad... What what if this was a heavy metal band (laughs) named The Rainbow Lullaby? It'd be beautiful. Can you imagine? That's a great idea, right? Like Gay Metallica, (laughs) which is sort of redundant, but... (laughs) Gay Metallica... (laughs) Like, think of it. The outfits could only get better. Oh. <laughs> it's true. There'd be a lot of, well, rainbow, I imagine. Uh, let's start with this project before we get into all sorts of other silliness. Um, first of all, I read this about it, and I just think this is a really well put together uh, thought, and it makes me excited about what this album is. And then we'll both, we'll all talk about it. Sound good? Great. <laughs> Great. The creation of queer cultural family music traditions is part of the constructive path forward to equality and representation. Ryan Bauer Walsh conceived the project in memory of his mother, Nancy, as a way to continue her legacy of maternal strength, kindness, and love. Well, son of a bee, if that's not the most beautiful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Ryan, talk to me about conceiving this project and then talk to me about reaching out to these writers because I'll list a few of them here. It's amazing. You got Mark Shaman, Zoe Sarnak, Bobby Cronin. The list is is pretty endless in terms of the writers, in terms of people I'm jealous that you got to work with that I have yet to work with. Um, so talk about the conception of this whole thing. I mean, it was a grassroots coping mechanism. I mean, I, I literally was kind of quarantined in my parents' basement in Minnesota after having just lost my mother. And like, I didn't know what to do. I mean, the only thing that was available in like massive quantities was empathy during this pandemic. And Ooh. so I kind of decided to go after that and see if anyone wanted to join me in this little task that I had in my brain just kind of stewing before bed every night. And then was it just like cold reach outs? Did you have all the information you needed to reach out to these people? Did you DM them in the in the, in the dodgy underbelly of the internet? I did write to Mark Shaman on Instagram. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, That's then incredible. I was, uh, and yeah. And uh, luckily, he responded, which is extra incredible. 
I think that he was really, I mean, it was during this period when everyone was like, yeah, I want to I want to be part of the good things as opposed to the bad things, because it was really like this choice between good and evil going on. If you remember that part of of the pandemic. Yes. Yes, we didn't know if we were going to have this president or that president or this future right. or that future. So I think everyone was kind of pushing towards a more positive possibility. <laughs> Isn't it so weird? I don't know about you guys, but coming out of this, I feel like I use so much energy to just like in my mind rid of number 45 that when people remind me that just months ago he was our president, I'm like, oh, my God, that was a that was real. <laughs> like I sometimes real. Like, I, how frightening that we lived through that. Terrifying. And like after Ter- the movie uh, Idiocracy I- came out, like we all saw President Camacho in right. Idiocracy. Did we right. not? Oh my it God, happened. we did. Why, I know. why do we do it? It's very it's freaky. Terrible. Ryan, I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your mother. That is uh, extreme and um, and heartbreaking. So I just want to send my condolences your way. I don't think it's ever too late to say I'm sorry for your loss and- uh, that Thank that's you. a big one. Mother is mother is a big one. So I'm very very sorry to hear that. But I gotta say, if if the catalyst for this project was that, I think the good you're gonna do for an entire community through something like this, in honor of her legacy, is a really really beautiful thing. Uh, let's talk about how you got Miss involved, because she is one of those epic favorites. Uh, in the Broadway world, and I, I think she's just a very special talent. So uh, when you reached out, was it like, okay, this is the Mark Shaman approach, I'm going to DM and be a creep about it, or was this a lot more like, we're tight, I'm going to text her? <laughs> uh, I mean, Caitlin probably remembers better than I did, but my only rule when I was working on this project is that everyone has to be like the nicest person in the business and i'd only heard like the best things about caitlin and i actually we didn't know each other before this so i think so you didn't hear about the fact that caitlin does dog fighting in the basement of her house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how did that slip the radar here (laughs) i mean (laughs) it doesn't come up in everyday conversation very often (laughs) Did I write to you on Facebook as well, or did it come through Broadway Records? Because I did no, a bunch of like Facebook asks. It was actually um, a mutual friend of ours reached out to me on Facebook and was like, hey, my friend is writing this thing. Would you be interested? Should I like send them your email? And I was like, sure thing. And then I'm an asshole and uh, don't check my email ever. And so responded like far too late for this yeah. to work out and was like hey i'm just seeing this if you still need someone great if not i get it and you were like i do come on board this should be a lesson to everybody like caitlin yes. check this really i'm talking to my younger sister here check your <laughs> fucking email yes. check your email chloe anyway uh <laughs> chloe <laughs> chloe you almost missed out on an opportunity. Thank God you checked out this email and thank God you were a part of this. You sound so amazing on the track that I heard uh, this morning. You sound beautiful. You've got, what is it about you? What is it about your voice though? There is something really like, okay, I'm going to try to, it, my, right now off the top of my head, I'm going to try to uh, describe what your voice makes me feel like. You know, at the very beginning, this. the very beginning of Mr. Rogers, 
uh, in the intro of Mr. Rogers. And he's like talking to the camera and he's like, howdy neighbor. And he's like taking his shoe off and changing out of his cardigan into like his more mm -hmm. relaxed thing. You know what I'm talking about in the intro? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You remind me of the moment he takes his shoe off. Your voice. <laughs> you, you, you're the, you're the vocal like equivalent. You're the vocal equivalent of Mr. Rogers getting comfortable at home. That's what it is. Right. I would love to put that on my resume, put that in any bio further, going further. Um, maybe that'll be my new Instagram bio. Caitlin yeah, Kinnanen. Disgraced, disgraced composer uh, says, <laughs> my voice is like a dead preacher taking his shoe off. I really think Ooh, that, uh, yeah, no, it, I took a twisted, a twisted turn there. Great. I'm, so I'm here for it. I'll take it. Thank um, you so much. No, but there is something really approachable about your voice. And you know what? It really fits in with like the theme of this record, which is, uh, I would just put it in big quotes here. It's an everybody record. This is, yes. I know that it is for, uh, a, a certain community here in the LGBTQ community, but boy, does it speak to anybody who's a parent and boy, does it speak to anybody who has a nurturing uh, bone in their body. And I just think it's so beautiful. Uh, Ryan, what were the lullabies you were brought up on as a kid? Oh, well, <laughs> my mom was sort of a hippie. So it was like Janis Joplin, like, bye, bye, baby, bye, bye. And wow. then we were Irish. So we had Tula Rula Rula. <laughs> you made it sound like you became Irish later on. But what you mean is you're also Irish? <laughs> To be fair, I did my ancestry, and we're mostly Dutch, but everyone just gravitates towards Irish because I think yeah. the drinking, it's fun. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> like, I get it. Uh, we uh, do have a part honestly, of Honestly, if you just drink basement, too much, so. you just you get considered an Irish person. That's what it is. The minute you yeah. start drinking a lot, uh. you're Irish. Uh, okay, so that's awesome. I love the Tooralu. Tooralu, Ralu, Ra, Tooralu, Ralai. Yeah, Ooh, man, yeah. your voice too. Man, you sing like oh, a bird, please. Ryan. My God, you work for me one day too? Yeah, you come sing for me too. This I'll is not actually a podcast. This is my <laughs> way of getting you guys to come talk to me so I can finally have the courage to say, sing in my 54 Below show. Um, <laughs> Caitlin, what about you? What lo what lullabies were you brought up on? Honestly, I was just trying to remember them because I was like, oh, he's going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> I Smart. don't remember. <laughs> You don't, like, did you, don't, you didn't have I them. Don't, I don't think that, my parents are not musical people. So what um, they did was they put you in a silenced room for hours yeah. on end. And, no, and then from the other music. side of the door, they would yell, no music. And then no that was music. how you, yeah. Um, how we, you got did, the we were a reading family. Like we okay. got like bedtime <laughs> stories. We didn't get songs. We got like, oh, we're going to read all of these books to you. So what and was my the book you read? Just like any children's book, but my okay. my favorite method uh, that my father came up with. Yes, he's like, well, uh, if you read it in a monotone voice, you, they get bored and they they fall asleep faster. So imagine every <laughs> children's book just read. Once upon a time, there was wow. a story that was being told. Sure enough, it worked. We fell asleep because we were like, absolutely. He starts at the table of contents, and by the time he gets yes. to chapter three, you guys are completely. Uh, right. So not only not only did you not have music, they didn't even add timbre or cadence to their voices when they read to you. It was all straight tone, <laughs> monotone. 
That is so bizarre. I would like to caveat that, like, I know that's not actually what happened, but that's what I remember. (laughs) I I love this, actually. See, but now if you'd had an album like this, Caitlin, they could have just pressed play and then left you in the room. Exactly. 25 songs. Exactly. It's 70 hours of music. My parents are lovely people, and they are not abusive parents, and they were very kind to both my sister and I. And my childhood was full of love. Okay, okay. Full of love and no music, not a note, not one you, note of music. You not still get to go home for Thanksgiving. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I I was obsessed when I was a kid. My mom was a music teacher, so she would like bring work home with her every once in a while, and it'd be like these really fun like kids songs. And the one that I think everybody in our generation ish, we're all. I, I'm guessing, Ryan. I have no idea how old you are. I'm starting to. I'm dreading that you're probably like one of those guys who's 55, but you're going to look 20 forever. Is that what it is? Because your eyes. Look at how young this guy is. Looks. There a filter? <laughs> Not on me, sir. The filter I have is called concrete face. Um, <laughs> I. <laughs> and what well, you're like five years younger than me, Caitlin, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds okay. <laughs> okay. Let's let's all let's all just pretend. Did, that's did we all is. have Lisa Frank growing up, or did we not? Let's. I did. Let's yes. Go. Okay. All right. Yeah, so Lisa we're, Frank we're was in existence. <laughs> so look at my tattoo. Do you see what it is? It's a it's a beluga whale. <gasps> oh. Baby beluga. Because baby beluga, I was really? like, yeah, literally. That's why I got the tattoo. And it, my mom used to sing it to me, and like I really loved that lullaby. And I do think that there is a big importance to lulling your kids to sleep, singing to them, period. There's a lot of that stuff that I think is important. And in any community, you see it kind of frighteningly less and less and less. And I think it's because people go, here's an iPad. Mm. Now go, now that's your new mom. You know, (laughs) like here's, this iPad is going to raise you over there now. Well, and what's funny is like we've had lullabies since like humans became humans. It's an innate part of like parenting to like lull your child to sleep through like breath osmosis, teaching them to calm down. And we've also had gay people since the beginning of humanity. But for some reason, they never really caught up to each other. And, you know, we didn't have role models. This my generation. Like, can you think of who was a gay role model? But it's because we lost an entire generation to another pandemic. And so this is why it's important to start creating these cultural traditions so that we have representation, so that we feel like we've been present for all of human history to make up for how much of our history has been erased. Wow. That's beautiful. Come on. Yes. (laughs) God, that is beautiful. What a beautiful thing to say. And so true. And I think that's going to hit everybody right in the heart. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline can we talk about each other as individuals for a minute yes sure so back to childhood okay i was just (laughs) i was just telling uh my girlfriend about this that there is a story that i was read by my mother as a kid very frequently 
And like, when I tell you, I, I'm going to say the title of it and you just like, let me know if you've heard of this. Have you heard of a story called Heggity Peg? Heggity Peggity. Yeah. No. Wait, Heggity. <laughs> what, what's Heggity Peggity? Is it Heggity Peggity or Heggity Peg? Heggity what? Peg? It's Heggity Peggity, isn't it? I was young. Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> and I, just I was young no too, but this thing. About. Okay, so for Caitlin and for anybody else who's listening who has never heard of Heggity Peg or Heggity Peggity, we'll we'll have the fact checker look into that. But Heggity <laughs> Peg, this, here's roughly the story. Okay, it's a it's a woman who is by herself raising these kids. She has seven fucking children. Seven fucking children, and their names are. Are you looking up the title right now, Ryan? Sharambu. <laughs> You're so okay. right. It's you, Heggity Peg. It's Oh my god. Heggity Peg. Okay. Heggity Peg. This this woman's raising seven children all by herself. And of course, and I would do the same thing if I had seven kids. She named her children Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay? So she Horrible. named her kids after the days of the week. She goes, and it's like fairy tale time, so the closest market is like a three-day walk, right? She goes, I gotta go grocery shopping for the house, so I'm gonna be walking very far away. You guys know the rules. Don't answer the door. So this woman, this old woman, wearing like one of those witch cloaks and hoods, goes up to the door, knocks on the door, until she gets the youngest and stupidest kid to answer, to finally let her in. But the way she asks to come in is, she says... My name's Heggity Peg. I've lost my leg. Will you let me in? That is, that's what she says. And when I was a child, my mom would read this to me in like a, I'm Heggity Peg. I've lost my leg. Like frightening, scary ass voices. Okay. The, the rest of the book is she turns these kids, like she's a witch or whatever. She turns these kids into food. And then the mother gets home. Yeah, she turns them into food. And the mother gets home, and the witch is there, and she goes, I'll give you your kids back if you can guess which dish is which kid. So the mom has to guess which food item is the correct child. And if she does, they all come back to life. So does she get it right? She gets it right based on what her kids asked for at the market. She's like, oh, fucking cheese. Tuesday wanted cheese. That must be Tuesday. So cheese turns back into Tuesday. All the kids. Anyway, they end up chasing this woman out of their house and pushing her over a bridge where she dies in the river. That's a children's book. But like, I don't know. For I kids. think a lot of children's books are messed up. Like the Grimm Brothers, those are scary. Super like, fucking scary. Our, You're right. Our like... This is the basis of which fairy tales are told. It's just how terrifying. about the Pied Piper? Do you know the actual story of the Pied Piper? The one we know no. is that the guy toots a whistle and all the rats follow him out of the town. But the truth is, he goes back to the town and says, Yo, I got rid of your rat problem. Pay me. And they're like, No. And then so he waits for all the adults to go to midnight mass and then he kidnaps the children. That's the fucking end of the book. But what does he do with the kids? I don't remember. He takes them into a cave, and there are three left behind. One is a cripple kid, one is a blind kid, and one is a deaf kid. Oh, no. And that's where it ends. There's no sequel to this. Why hasn't anyone written the spooky movie sequel to this? I don't know, but this, <laughs> this album is full of lullabies that are beautiful and will not scare your children. 
Sorry, this really Maybe. became trauma therapy for me because I was read that story nightly. <laughs> but now I feel like I'm missing one of my niche lullabies. Like maybe there should be like a really scary minor cadence lullaby. Like Absolutely. Who wrote this? Trent Reznor wrote this song on the album to scare children. Uh, no, okay. Honestly, I just wanted to talk a little bit about my sp- my spooky childhood. It's a little freaky. Speaking speaking <laughs> Speaking of childhood, Caitlin, can we talk to you for a minute about just being a child and then being in like Spring Awakening? I love talking about kids who are in Spring Awakening because I think that's surreal. Yeah, because we were children. Exactly. Do you look at it now when you go, that was a problem? Like that's that's a problem. Oh, 100%. Talk to me about that. Tell me why you think that. It's just, you know, like... It, it it was it was weird. It was wonderful, but it was weird. Yeah. You put a lot of children in a show and treat them like children, but expect them to act like adults yeah. and you give them fame and you give them popularity at the rise of social media. Oh my god. And it just That's the apocalypse. Like, talk about a shitstorm. It was it was a lot. Not to but mention like, like the hormones. Jesus Christ, there must have been what? like like how do you bat off the hormones coming at you it's insane honestly no you know how you do that you go into the show as a 16 year old homeschooled girl uh-huh. uh because that just that just shuts them all off yeah there you go there you go I, but then you're the pariah of the cast no so it's wow is that what it was it was weird. It was a weird time. And I think that we all look, I'm speaking totally for my own journey on this. So yeah. who knows what other people think. But I think we all look back at that and go like, wait, what? Well, we did that. Well, I, I, I wasn't oh, even, yeah. I wasn't even in the show. And I think back to spring awakening. And I remember when the revival came, I was like, it was just here. And <laughs> thinking like those people are still in their young twenties who were in that show on Broadway. And now there's a revival. Uh, but I do think we can all agree on something. This is a common theme, a common thread on this podcast that, that uh, has a recurring moment. And Ryan, I'm sure you can agree with me here too. Jonathan Groff is the worst, right? We all want to get rid <laughs> That's of. That's a lie. We all want to get rid of him. No, no, it's we all talk about it. Like I can't even go along with this joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've done this to Lily Cooper twice. She's been on the show, and I'm like, let's just talk about how much we hate Jonathan Groff. Neither of us can actually do it, but the truth is, I want to start. No! I want to start beef with somebody who's more famous than I am, who has no right, like, they're just the nicest person. And he is, he just He truly is the nicest, the nicest person. So, like, can we dig? Ryan, let's do some digging. You, you went sleuthing and found Mark Shaman on Instagram. Let's do some digging and find out the dirt on Jonathan Groff. Let's bring this kind man down. Let's just I bring him down. I will look for his headless torso on Scruff. I will, I will do my best. <laughs> Oh, man. You can get the Rainbow Lullaby on Spotify and everywhere you find music. (laughs) (laughs) These are great transitions, aren't they? They're so seamless. Um, Can we go back back to the uh, album real quick? Yeah. Please. We have have Caitlin here, but we have all these other amazing performers on them. Same idea where you're reaching out. Joe Lampert, by the way, is one of the greatest vocalists of all time. 
right? Yeah. Absurd. Absurd. Sure. It's th- yeah. that's another one we should bring down. Let's just like I, anybody who's better than me as a human or as a talent, <laughs> I'm threatened by, and I just want to bring them down. That's what this, this, this the whole podcast is dedicated to. That uh, I'm just amazed at the talent you got in here, Ryan. It's a beautiful thing that you've done. Uh, and I know, I know I'm talking a little silly here, but before we hop into this next section, which is called stupid questions with Drew, I do want to plug in all sincerity, uh, the rainbow lullaby. There are writers like Zoe Sarnak, Mark Shaman, Bobby Cronin, and yourself, Ryan Bauer Walsh. I think that's really, really cool. You've contributed so much to this. Um, and performers like Joe Lampert, Lauren Patton, Matt Doyle, who I'm talking to right after this, uh, and Jen Colella, Caitlin, and uh, a thousand other people. It's amazing talent. It's such an important thing in terms of cultivating something for a culture and for uh, the right steps forward. I just think it's super beautiful, Ryan. And uh, again, I'm threatened by your youthful presence in front of me. (laughs) What is it about me that I, I just can't be a man secure enough that I'm not threatened by people who are uh, better than me? What is it? It's that? not that I look young. It's that I'm wearing a, a t-shirt meant for a six-year-old. I'm, I'm also, I, I'm, you're right. I'm threatened by that. Uh, are you in Minnesota right now, Ryan? No, no. I'm in uh, on 145th and St. Nick. Well, don't give us your fucking address. Caitlin, hey, where are you I'm right single. now? <laughs> I am also in New York City. Amazing. And what's your address? Let's have the people know. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Not, I'm not going to give out oh, a Tony no. nominee's address. That's insane. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's technically not even my address because I'm just here for like a little stint. So I'm just staying with a friend. Oh. So like, I'm not going to give my friend's address. Because you're from Washington, right? Are you still, yes, is, that, is that still where you like go back to and call home? Um, that's still where I go back to, and it's where I've lived for the last year-ish because pandemic. Yeah, because pandemic. I hear that loud and clear. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I wanted to go back and hang out with my parents who never sang to That's me. right. <laughs> and you sing to them now, which I think is just a beautiful... No. no. Okay. It's still no music in the household. That's the... Those no are the music. <laughs> uh, I think it's interesting that, Ryan, you're from the Midwest, and uh, Caitlin, you're from Washington State, and those are both the capitals of serial killers in this country. So I thought that was an interesting. Yeah, they are. Hey, it's interesting that I got both of you. We kill a lot of people out west. Anyway, uh, stupid questions with Drew. This is for both of you guys, okay? And I think I'm going to start with Ryan for this question because he's wearing a dinosaur a dinosaur shirt. What is something you loved as a kid that you still love as an adult? That's it. S- sandcastles. That's the question. <laughs> Wow, yeah, no, that's a really I, a wholesome answer. Oh my God, was it supposed to be something gross? Because I have those two. No, not at all, um, not at all. <laughs> plain doctor. No, um, yeah. yeah, I <laughs> I build sandcastles like everywhere I go and I, I have like this nerdy collection of pictures with me with like my little sandcastles on Fire Island and like Sanibel and all across are the you, world. Do you, are they like epic things? Like do you have like little tools? Are you one of those? No, no, I like literally sometimes I picture them as like just like little resorts with hand pressed cabins. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm really nerdy. I was going to be an architectural engineer. And then I was like, I could do that after oh, no. I fail at being an actor. <laughs> wow. An architectural engineer and and yeah. like only making sandcastles, though. That would have been. Yeah. Thing. yeah, that's my middle ground. That's my path. That's a great answer. I really like that answer. Caitlin, what about you? <laughs> What's something you loved as a kid that you just brought into adulthood with you? Um. <laughs> it's silly um i was obsessed with fairies okay like 
little winged people. I know what a thank you. And I, I still think they're really freaking cool. Okay. So you do have wings. But, do you have a collection? Do you think they're I don't. real? Um, I used to because you mm-hmm. want to know what? This is a I, great I story. Please. Uh, going on a tangent here. So I got this book when I was a child. Again, we were into books mm-hmm. that encouraged you to write letters to fairies. It came with like a little gold pencil and these little pink cards and like glitter. And you wrote them. My freaking mother wrote me back as a fairy. What? She typed up a response using the smallest font Caitlin. on her computer. I believed fairies were real. For far too long because they wrote me back. And then one day I walked into in on her writing the letter and I was like, Whoa! Oh, that's so devastating. Trauma. Devastating. That's a devastating but yeah, thing. So I, like, but you know what? I had like wonderful conversations with fairies. But like the act of doing it is like, that makes so up for all the not singing that happened in that house. Exactly. <laughs> See, I told you they were wonderful people. But you know, what Very a deflation. Literary. Like I remember when, when you're a little kid and you have a belief in something and then you, you, it, you find out that it's not real. It is so heart shattering. And my sister Casey just recently told me that like in therapy, she still discusses how my older brother and I used to never actually plug her remote, her controller into the Nintendo, but we would have her playing with us. She wasn't actually playing with us because we didn't want her to ruin our game of Mario Kart or whatever, because she was like five. So we just plugged it into like an underwear drawer and said that that was like the special plug for her remote. And she yeah. found out like 10 years later that that was all a lie and it shattered her. But Truly. now she's, of course she's not prepared for late stage capitalism though. Like you <laughs> think you're in control. You think you're going to work and doing a great oh. job. Ryan, you're right, Ryan. You were, you said at the beginning of this, I do like you. We, 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 we will like each other. I, I <laughs> that just made me laugh. That was great. Uh, ooh, I love both of those answers. They were so endearing and wholesome and pure. And, and I think that goes along with the, the lines of why we're on this podcast promoting this album of yours. Um, if Jurassic Park was real, would you go on the first day before they figured out all the kinks? No. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I had a feeling... Ryan would give me a different answer than Caitlin. And Caitlin, tell me yes. tell me why no, and I'm sure it's the obvious answer, you'd be eaten to death. Yeah, like I wouldn't I would not want to go anytime mm-hmm. whether they worked out the case. Oh or shit. Not. Okay, so it's a nev- you don't even want to see a dinosaur up close. No. No. I do not. It, had the movie not come out where there was a horrifying bunch of adults dying and being eaten to death, do, would you be interested? If you didn't have this no. preconceived idea of Jurassic Park going wrong, no. So no. Caitlin, have you ever been to an aquarium? Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> then then the whole thing I was going to say about sharks and alligators, <laughs> totally wrong. <laughs> oh my god! I'm literally. I grew up on an island, and I hate the ocean because it is so deep we haven't been to the bottom of it we don't right. know what's down there they're like little glowy fish that Caitlin, eat you. i talk about this all the fucking time in life i get so upset when there's people trying to explore space and i'm like we haven't even fucking figured out what is in on this planet what are we doing what are we, we doing the bottom is. there are goblins at the bottom of the ocean we can't have this all right, guys, this is the final question before I say thank you and goodbye. 
<laughs> and I want you to know that this is the lowest stakes podcast you both have ever done and will ever do going forward. Uh, I love it. I'm positive of it. Uh, this is the final question. And it's a doozy. It really is a doozy. So please, okay. please, please give it some thought. And um, here it is. Would you rather have nipples for fingers or fingers for nipples? Ryan, hit me with your Jesus answer. Uh, let me let me kind of figure this out first. So I, I everything. Hmm. Okay, listener, somebody... you can't see this, but everybody is <laughs> seeing what their fingers would look like as nipples right now. Do so. Wait. Do, Meanwhile, I'm like touching things, imagining them as nipples. Yeah, I don't have particularly sensitive nipples, so this is. I, I don't think much would change for me, except they'd be a little pointier. Like, I, but imagine a finger, okay. like, dangling off your chest. Would it be dangling, or would it be would sticking it? out like that? You know what I mean? Like, sticking out like like finger guns, or would it be, like, drooping down? Like, like little limp And fingers. it's only one, one finger per is, nipple. That's what I would guess. Would you have, like, fingers with nipples at the end of them, or would you just have five nipples on your... Oh, see, I don't know. See, I, I lo the idea of little nub nipple fingers is kind of hysterical to me you look like you have little ravioli hands with little with little nipple fingers yeah little pepperonis that's kind of cute they could call you calzone we don't discriminate okay yeah any shape size is good that's right i think i'd rather have the pepperonis on my hands yeah i think i think that's a cooler conversation starter and then the fingers as nipples that's just something you have to explain when you're at the most intimate part of your life. You know what I mean? Like, you, no one sees You would never it. have like, a smooth shirt line. Yeah, They'd no. always be clumpy. Yeah, you could say it was a piercing gone wrong or something. I don't know. I think I'd, like a finger. I'd use them like as puppy tails to show people when I'm happy. I think I'd, oh, I'd just wag my nipples at people. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're like, this is what I would do. And in my mind, I'm like, in this scenario, you're truly the only person on the <laughs> world who has them. But it's so normalized already in your head. They're like, I just wag my nipple finger nipples. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I'd show people I was happy. You know, I always have problems <laughs> communicating my feelings. And I feel like this is just one more way I could let them know I'm okay. <laughs> just wag your nipple fingers. <laughs> Wow, this has flown off the rails. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Um, Someone lets you do this podcast? I know, isn't it? This is season two. <laughs> you survived. <laughs> I survived. Who knows if season three will come? But man, I have a great time doing this. I got to be honest. And you know, the whole idea of doing this podcast was uh, to like chat with people who I've like worked with in the business and not necessarily talk about the business and... You it's been in, we did it. <laughs> it's, it's been insane. And can I tell you the highlight for me was explaining to Caitlin Hegarty Peg. I really think that that was a highlight for me. Um, Ryan, what was your favorite part about today's interview? Uh, getting Hegarty Peggy wrong and looking it up online. I love being wrong. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> mm, and I love being right. So you and I would make a great team. Oh my gosh, you're the yin to my yang. <laughs> Yes, baby. Yes. And I, you know what? I'd have the little, I'd have the nubby nipple fingers and you'd have the finger nipples. So we'd actually be the yin Perfect. to each other's yang. Caitlin, what was your favorite part of this insanity today? Honestly, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, gosh darn. I think of like one moment that stuck out and then another one comes up and then another one and then we end with finger nipples. So like we end with finger nipples. Thing. High five. Guys. The whole thing. High God. Five. High five. Big sloppy nipple high fives from every end of the spectrum here. Uh, before we say goodbye, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Both of you. Ryan, I am a new fan of yours. I think what you're doing with Rainbow Lullaby is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And everybody who's listening right now should go check that out. It comes out tell them ryan october 28th october is that right? 28th that's the plan uh to get that out there excellent we love that and caitlin my tony nominated badass friend of many <laughs> years i am i'm thrilled to see you it's awesome that you're a part of this project and i just i can't wait to see you all in person and hopefully we can dive into a martini together at some point please can we go to that hotel uh, with the martini glass in the middle of it and i'll literally dive in together what is that hotel I don't know. No. It's somewhere. It's very popular on Instagram. Well, we're hoping oh. to have a release party in November. There we at go. Hush, lullaby album, Hush, oh. new bar. Oh, love so that. maybe, maybe that's our time for our martini. That well, I even- love that. Uh, make sure I get the invite to that, please. And uh, <laughs> I just, I want to be included. That's all. I just don't want to be, be left don't out. Worry. Um, I love you both. Thank you so much for doing this with me today. It was a lot of fun and a lot of stupid and a lot of great. So nothing bad coming out of this today. Um, Thanks so much. This is Ryan and this is Caitlin and I'm Drew. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Now We're Talking is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and this podcast at bpn.fm slash Now We're Talking. We're also on Instagram at NWT Podcast or on Twitter at NWT underscore pod. A big special thanks to our guests today. That's Ryan Bauer-Walsh and Caitlin Kinnanen. What a joy to talk to you guys. Go check out the Rainbow Lullaby out now. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you stream your wonderful podcast. Keep tuning in for more amazing guests each week. And if you feel like supporting, go check us out on Patreon. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Bye for now. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.